Hi, I'm John Kennedy, editor of Think Business, and welcome to episode two of the Think Business podcast series. Today I'm meeting with John Beckett, CEO of ChannelSite, a global e-commerce business headquartered in Dublin that works with some of the biggest brands on the planet. A serial entrepreneur, Beckett is also famous for being one of the schoolboys who built the very first Ryanair website for Michael O'Leary, setting in train one of the most transformative episodes in European life, making it easier and more accessible for people all over Europe to fly low cost at the click of a mouse or the tap of their finger on a smartphone. I'm catching up with John at the Channel Site offices right beside O'Connell Bridge in Dublin to ask him about his latest endeavour, Forestry Partners. Forestry Partners is a new social enterprise that is planning to work with over 250 Irish firms to create 25,000 tonnes of CO2 equivalent offsets and restore 200 acres of native mudland. So John, um, I, I, I first became aware of you when I interviewed Michael O'Leary back in the year 2000 and he was bragging about having uh, built a, a website for a fraction of what people were paying for at the time and that website, as far as I'm concerned, had a huge cultural impact on Irish people because it got us travelling more at lower price fares so it started something very big but at the time you were still in school. That's right, I was doing my leaving cert at the time and it was a big break, really, for me. I had always worked in tech, and well, always, you know, I was 17, but I'd always um, had a, an interest in computers. I'd built websites for people. I started out by building computers, buying parts in the UK, putting them together and, and selling them to local businesses. And that was before the likes of, of Gateway and Dell came along and made that, you know, they cut all of the margin out of it and, and computers are, are cheap now. Um, but it's, it, that, was a, that was a great little business and it still runs um, in the form of airtight technology and, you know, releasing a new uh, flight carbon calculator and offsetting app which is being built by my team in, in Airtight and that's launching next month. So it's a great, a great business to... And how did Michael O'Leary approach you guys uh, you know, to, to build this website? So I knew Eddie Wilson, who's the now CEO of Ryanair, through my work in Gateway. I had worked in fourth year, I worked on a project in the IT department of Gateway where we were building the extra net running between Sioux City, Iowa, Dublin, where Gateway was based in Clunshock and Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And as part of my work, I met a lot of different directors and Eddie was the director of HR in Gateway. And I, um, he then subsequently left Gateway, as, I, as did I. And when he was in Ryanair, um, he gave me a call one day, in I was in school, and he gave me a ring and said, would you come in and have a chat to me about this website stuff? Because he knew that I was running this kind of little business. And um, I did, and I, I, you know, I went in in jeans and a t-shirt after school one day thinking I was going for a coffee with Eddie, and wound up sitting in front of the entire board with Michael O'Leary and Michael Colley and the lads. And it was, it was um, yeah, it really went from there. It was as simple as that. I charged them, it was less than 20 grand in Europe. We were still in punts at the time, but it was, it was less than 20 grand. And their next cheapest quote was, was about three and a half million pounds. You know? So I learned a valuable lesson on pricing strategy from that deal. <laughs> you know, like know what your competition are charging. But it was a great deal and you know, like, it's almost 20 years to the day and still dining out on it amazingly, you know. And like you never really left technology, like you, you, the guy who you worked with to build a website is now a dentist and still working, in de went into mm -hmm. dentistry, still working as a dentist. But you have pretty much remained, I mean, you dropped off my radar after that for about 15 years and then I met you. And I got the impression that you never really stopped being an entrepreneur. 
No, I didn't. I've, I've been involved and I've set up about a dozen companies um, and we had one spectacular failure, um, which is you know probably where I was, uh, you know, I had some personally guaranteed debt. That was all a bit of a nightmare. But uh, so thankfully, we've, we've had some good successes as well. And, um, you know, if, I, if you know, what do I credit the success with? It's, it, it's just the talent that's available in Ireland. The amount of people who are passionate and excited by technology and are, are really capable. And um, so was, we have just a brilliant team now here in Channel Site. Um, Airtight, great team. You know, iCabio was involved in that, which we just sold to Renault last year. That was, again, another fantastic team out in, out in Sutton there. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's been an exciting journey uh, of, of ups and downs along the way. And the main the main focus, I'm assuming, this amazing location, uh, number one on Connell Street, beautiful building overlooking Connell Bridge, uh, Channel Site's the business. Channel Site is the big one, isn't it? That's the main one, that, that's the main earner for you you and your colleagues really that's what your, your main folks is, that's is my that day correct? job that's yeah, your day job absolutely yeah, uh, yeah. tell me about Townside how that came into being and the kind of because uh, I understand that you do the you help many big brands around the world understand what e-commerce is and how they how they approach it and how they approach their customer relations so we work with very big brands and in about 65 markets now we have about a couple of hundred brands that we at least that we work with and what we enable them to do is understand what users are doing on the path to purchase so it's about optimizing the user journey to maximize the conversions that they get from the channel so a lot of brands will sell directly to the consumers and they understand from ad right through to sale what's occurred because they're controlling that sale. But where people are buying things from retailers, from buying in the channel, the brand has much less visibility over what's actually happening. So we help to give them that visibility over what's actually happening so that they can optimize all of their activity to maximize the sales that they're getting from those retailers and, and really deep, deep understanding of what's going on so that they can refine it and improve it. You work with some of the world's biggest brands, so can you name some of the ones that you work with? Yeah, sure. I mean, we work with Philips, with Bosch, Siemens, Mondelez, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Rekabankazer. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, we, we primarily work with very large consumer-facing brands in consumer electronics and, and, and FMCG or, or CPG. Um, and, and so a lot of people know our clients. We, we don't really have clients in Ireland, so people haven't really, don't really know us. But we um, we just won a, a Deloitte Fast Fifty award. You know, we're, we're, uh, we raised our second round of funding of ten million dollars there in February. So we're, we're we're doing quite well. It's it's and it's in a really exciting time to be to be continuing to build a team here in Dublin with, with such great people. And you burst on the scene there recently with Forestry Partners. Uh, what I liked about the goals, and you can correct me with some of the numbers I'm going to try out here, but I heard something around 250,000 trees. You want to take a certain amount of, I forget the number of tonnage, but you can tell me there, a certain amount of tons out of the uh, CO2 out of the environment or out of the, out of the whole system. But also what I would found remarkable about it was that you had gotten so many tech companies on board and tech companies for right or wrong reasons often get the, the bad wrap of you know being just in terms of the cloud just as being a potent as a polluter as say the um, airline industry um, but it, it was interesting to see so many people who, who gave a damn and, and, there was, and there was one picture I'm, I'm going to use it in the story but whereas you and there's about there must be like 20 other people in the same picture but I just thought one thing I know about the Irish tech industry is that it's like sometimes time to herd cats, but you seem to have managed to get a few people who, who have the same feelings on the matter into the room to, to commit to it. So tell us all about Forestry Partners and what you're hoping to do with that. Sure. So about a year ago, we have a culture team in Channelside, and about a year ago, 
somebody brought the idea of going carbon neutral to the table. And it's environmental protection and sustainability has always been something that I'm genuinely very passionate about. So I said, I'll take ownership of this. I'll, I'll take responsibility for doing the research and I'll look into it and I'll bring my findings back to the culture team and then we'll decide what we're going to do. So everybody has, on, has to take, somebody has to take ownership for every initiative. So I said, I'll take this one. And I, start, I went home and I started doing a little bit of research on it and um, I assumed that it would be buy some land, plant some trees, job done, you know, and, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, the, I went down an absolute rabbit hole of research trying to figure out and, and, and I've learned a huge amount, very interesting, learned a huge amount and met some fantastic people in the forestry space and um, learning about all of the different criteria that you need to consider when planting trees from species selection to yield quality to wind and elevation and acid rain and all of the there's about two dozen things that you need to consider um, and we went through such a learning curve to get to the stage where we had a project that we could put our hands around and feel that we genuinely were able to claim this is going to achieve what we're setting out to achieve, which is reduce the impact of our, of our activity by, by sucking carbon out of the atmosphere, uh, that we said, actually, we should consider making this into some kind of structure that other people can leverage the learning curve that we've gone through. So I, I chatted to some CEOs that, that I know and said, you know, what would you think about doing this? And I got a, a universally positive reception from it. So I founded a, a social enterprise called Forestry Partners, and we put together a campaign or initiative called Irish Tech Goes Carbon Neutral 2020. We've set up a trust so that anything that we do any forests that we plant or trees that we plant go into this trust so that I'm not, con I'm not controlling them. We've put together a really good board of people from, uh, in the forestry, carbon sequestration, biodiversity kind of experience and really the top people in the country in this space. And what we're trying to do is have a, a meaningful impact on climate change. So it's something I care deeply about and I know that lots of people care deeply about but people just don't understand how they can contribute. Yes, we should eat less meat, and yes, we should fly less, and yes, we should use less plastic bags. But there are people, who, but most people, just don't know what they can really do to have meaningful impact. Uh, and, uh, and this gives them something, the material that they can do to, to have an impact on the ground. They can see these trees being planted, they can visit them, walk around them and understand the numbers behind them of what it's actually achieving. And remind me some of the numbers, so was I right in saying, is it how many trees? The, the numbers, we, we set targets for the first year right. of working with 250 companies to take an average of 100 tonnes of carbon dioxide from each of them, uh, which is 25,000 tonnes, and plant an equivalent of about 200 acres of native woodland. So there are, there, you know, forestry gets, uh, some kinds of forestry, commercial forestry gets a bit of a bad rap. Yeah, particularly in the Midlands, nature of it, things like that. Exactly, yeah, yeah and it's a, there's a, a heavy focus on commercial forestry, non-native species, and, you know, there, there is, and while I agree with some of that criticism, there is, you know, it, in some cases, certainly it has been overdone because we need wood to build houses and to, mm. you know, the, this timber is required and it is a, it is a, a good industry that supports a lot of jobs. But how, what the approach that we're taking is we want to achieve three things. We want to restore native woodland. So Ireland has the lowest level of forestry cover in Europe by a significant margin, less than, 10, less than 11% versus an average of about 40% forestry cover in Europe. And about 
70% of our forestry cover, the low base that we have, is this commercial non-native Sitka spruce and the likes. Oh. So we said we want to restore native woodland, restore and create native woodland, so oak trees, native broadleaf uh, species. And we want to manage that on a continuous cover basis, so we're not growing it and cutting it down and then replanting it. Because by managing it on a continuous cover basis, we're creating habitats and, and helping biodiversity and, and, and um, species that are under threat to, to thrive. So we want, to, we want to plant and restore native woodland, we want to protect and foster biodiversity, and we want to sequester carbon. So those are the three aims and those are the kind of ambitions for the first year. Ireland is the worst performer in Europe and one of the worst performers globally in the commitments that we've made and in moving towards achieving the commitments that we laid out and committed to under the Paris Agreement. And that is just to me unacceptable. Um, and and it's, it's very frustrating and, and I believe a lot of people share that frustration. So again, we, we, we know that forestry can be a small part of the solution and we've put together a scheme whereby people can have complete confidence in our motivations. We're completely transparent in what we're doing. We're, we have a, a brilliant board made up of these really qualified people who are going to release an annual report showing what we've done. Win or lose, succeed or fail, we're going to show what we've done. And uh, you know, at least people can have the confidence that they're they're backing something that they can put their hands around that is legitimately looking after the interests of 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 the community at large. You know, we're working with communities. We want to bring these forests to the community and make them resources that people can really use, and and hopefully have a meaningful impact by bringing a lot of people together. Uh, final question, really, is to ask you about your reflections on entrepreneurship in Ireland. Uh, all my career, I've had the fortune to meet many, many colourful entrepreneurs. Uh, but at the same time, I'm quite aware that one of the issues that we have as a country is getting companies to scale. Um, we seem to have a lot of small, medium-sized companies of 10, 20 people, but very few in the mid-sized range. And then we have this massive multinational sector, which I, I think as a country we should be grateful for because it creates jobs and, and that creates taxes, etc. And but, a pipeline of trained talent. And a yeah. pipeline of trained talent. But we need more of our own indigenous success stories. Mm. Uh, whether it's tech, whether it's food, whatever it is, we need more of it. In terms of your own thoughts on fostering entrepreneurship, the kind of, uh, I suppose, obstacles that you commonly come across, but also... Again, I always say this whenever a chance, whenever I see Irish people overseas at an event, they are the best salespeople in the room. But somehow we have an indigenous snobbery towards sales on the ground in a strange way uh, and the act of selling. Can you tell me about your own reflections on, 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 on entrepreneurship? What do we need to get right if we want to create a kind of a good, solid and balanced uh, in economy for Ireland? You know, big for, question. For, for a last question, that's a big one. Hell, no pressure, not, you know, as long as you need. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the, the, the ecosystem for startups has changed massively since, you know, when I started 20 years ago. There was no incubators, it was, very, it was very difficult to get funding, there was no seed funds, you know, just kicking around trying to deploy money 20 years ago. Um, so I think it's very different and I think we've made huge strides in the right direction. And I think the, the focus on bringing in large multinationals who, who bring with it the discipline and the training and, the, and, and create that pipeline of talent has been, has been fantastic. I think there are certainly things that need to improve and I think the, 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 the way tax is, is um, geared towards making it very easy for multinationals to pay very little 
while um, making it very difficult for, for, for indigenous startups to, to pay the same level. That, that's frustrating. Um, I, I think the Again, there has been great progress made, and, and I think if you look at, at Scale Ireland and, and Tech Ireland and these kind of organisations who are putting themselves out there to try and influence policy positively, I think that's where they're great. Um, I think how they handle stock options here is still a minefield, and it's still, uh, when, when you have the option as a 25-year-old developer to go and work for Facebook and, and make 150 grand a year, or come and make half that in, in a startup, you know, you're going to get two different types of people. Some people who are maybe really in it for the money or need to be in it for the money, and then others who really buy into the vision of what's happening. But I still think that's very difficult when you're in Facebook and you can get stock options and huge salaries and benefits and free lunches. And even if you're going to be just working on a tiny part of a project in a cubicle, you know, startups compete by saying, well, you're going to have ownership, your flat organization structure. Certainly, how Chancellor competes, you have this flat organization structure, you're going to get to meet clients, you're going to be able to see the impact of what you're building every day, getting deployed onto a, onto a client site. And it's much more exciting work. So there are, there are ways to differentiate and, and compete. But then where, where it's difficult to um, where it's difficult to get stock options and there's tax issues and there's tax challenges, that's really frustrating. So I, I, I think there's a long way it needs to go uh, to go towards fixing that. And then um, the, generally the tax right here. I mean, if you're, you know, there's the the, um, the entrepreneur's relief, which is which is good, but it's it's one tenth of what it is in the UK, right or less. And um, so when it's because I think it's ten million pounds and, and a million euro here. So so again, where you're selling out, I think what you find is a lot of people will exit early in Ireland where there's an opportunity to do so, because you know they can pay off the mortgage, they can get that financial security, and then they can start again, maybe go and do something else. And um, whereas I think the mentality in the UK and the US is let's go all the way this week, let's really go as far as we can possibly go with this. And that is a mindset shift, potentially. I think you're seeing more of it now. You're seeing more people willing to go the extra mile and get another round of funding and see, can we double it again over the next two or three years? And, and that's really positive. But we still definitely have a long way to go. Brilliant. John, thank you so much for your time. And again, gracious of you spent time with me. So thank you again. You're very welcome. Thank you.